welcome to, hi everyone, good afternoon and happy Valentine's Day. Welcome to an episode of the Daily Attorney Podcast where we talk to attorneys all over the US who are amazing at what they do inside and outside of the legal profession. So our guest today is Jamie Holmes, who is officially celebrating her 10th year in business. Yay! Um, so, gro <laughs> so growing up in a military family, Jamie has lived in Japan, Italy, and one of my favorite places to visit, Germany. She has had the opportunity to travel the world at a young age, which is something I'm doing with my son because I think it, it does help you know, provide a cultural perspective. Um, and of course, this has allowed Jamie to learn how to work and blend with different cultures, which has instilled in her a strong sense of family and community. Prior to opening her own practice, Jamie spent some time interning at the Charles County Office of the Public Defender. Her goal is to better her community by providing quality, competent legal representation and focus and excuse me, and her practice focuses on criminal defense and family law. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to sit with me today. I'm really, really excited because you are a former public defender. That's one of yeah, the things exactly. I've always wanted to do. So talk to me about that journey. Like, how did you even get to a point where, you know, you said, I'm going to be an attorney. And on top of that, you said, I'm going to work for you know, public defender's office. Working for the public defender was always my initial goal out of law school. I interned with the public defender's office while in law school in uh, Florida. And then when I moved back up here after law school, I started interning with the local uh, uh, public defender's office in Charles County while I'm waiting for bar results. And then even after I passed the bar, I kept volunteering. So I've just always been associated with the Office of the Public Defender. I've enjoyed working there. I've enjoyed helping people. Um, it's just been, it was a great place for me to kind of get a start. And since then, even though I didn't sign on to be an official public defender, I've continued to work with them even now taking what's called panel cases. So sometimes the Office of the Public Defender has a conflict for whatever reason, and they need an, a private attorney to step in. And I do that. And I do it for criminal cases. I do it for juvenile cases. And I also do it for what's called CENA, Child in Need of Assistance. So those are cases where the Department of Social Services is involved and uh, may remove the children from the home. So all of those things fall under the umbrella of the Office of the Public Defender. And I'll step in and you know handle cases when they need me. I was actually, um, and most people don't know this. So um, I love that you mentioned CENA because I was actually a CENA law clerk. Oh, or, wow. Right. And we're both in the same state. I'm, yeah. I live in Harford County, but my office is in Towson um, in Baltimore County. And I practice in Baltimore County, Harford County and Howard County. Um, and you're in Charles County. I have a couple of estates in, in your neck of the woods right now. But um, when I think this was my third year of law, second or third year of law school, I ended up landing um, a, a gig with the CINA law office at the Baltimore County Department of Social Services. And uh, that is where I decided that I was not going to do family law. <laughs> because I said, I don't think this is for me. I really don't think this is for me. Um, and I had some of the most amazing mentors, one um, who I remain um, in contact with, Meg Ferguson. Um, she now works for the Baltimore County Police Department in Towson. So 
how was it working cases? Did you have the traumatizing experiences that I had or what did you think? I'm still doing cases. So oh. 10 years, in, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, most of the cases aren't, I guess for, as the lawyer for me, aren't bad. And I guess at this point, the shock of what gets the children removed doesn't hit me as much as it did when I first started. Now the more difficult aspect would just be the relationship between me and some of the clients. Because a lot of times you're dealing with clients who have mental health issues or substance abuse issues. Most of the time, it's a combination of both. They're abusing substances because they're not able to get the appropriate treatment that they need for the mental health. So trying to explain, you know, hey, this is why your child was removed, because you've got these things that we've got to address. And someone who's just not mentally able to grasp it or they grasp it, but they need a couple extra steps. So you've got to maybe explain it a few more times or kind of walk them through it. At that point, I guess that would be the, the more difficult part of my job at this point is just, you know, sometimes you've got people who aren't necessarily where you are functioning wise and trying to work with them and make sure that they're getting the resources they need to understand what's going on. Because substance abuse and mental health don't mean that you can't care for your child. It just means, hey, you know, you, you need a little help to, to get there and make sure you're doing your best. But at this point, it's kind of hard to throw me with why a child was removed. Sometimes cases still come across my desk and I'm just like, what do you mean the child was in a room with, you know, windows boarded up? You know, that 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 sounds ridiculous. But unfortunately, you know, there are children out there who are suffering in, in bad situations and it's my job to work with their parents because a common denominator is, you know, these parents want their kids back. You know, it's a very rare case where you find a parent that's just like, well, I don't care. You know, they all care. They just need the tools to help them get to where they need to be. And I enjoy doing that. And, you know, a lot of it comes from a lack of education, you know, and I don't mean academic education, right? I mean, yep. emotional education, ways to handle issues. Um, a lot of adults are, a lot of humans are pretty much just doing their best, right? And when you're working with, um, you know, individuals with mental health or addiction issues, and they're trying to do their best, but you're also meeting them at like their the worst time in their lives. And on top of that, like their kid has been taken away. It's just, you know, it, it's just emotions overload. And I think that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, I personally made the decision that, you know, I've taken one Senate case in my entire career and I said, I'm good. I am good. I don't think this is, you know, where I need to head. Um, so, I mean, you know, to build upon that, like, what does your family kind of, you know, think about, you know, what you do and just, you know, having your own business and just kind of being in, in such a heavily emotional uh, field? Uh, my family is really supportive. Um, they love what I'm doing. Uh, I'm the first in my family to be an attorney. Um, I never planned to open my own practice. It's just one of those things that I kind of stumbled into. Um, and I love it. And everyone's very supportive. Um, I'm sure my, my dad's tuning in. I know my mother-in-law's tuning in. My husband's going to tune in. My mom, my brother, you know, all of my friends and family are, are super supportive with what I'm doing. And you know, if I'm posting something on social media, they're resharing it. Or if they know a friend who's looking for an attorney, you know, they they let them know uh, about me. And even more recently, um, I have a baby. I have a nine-month-old. 
So my family has been super helpful in watching the baby while I have to go to court and do other things. My mother-in-law took the baby today so that I could be here and be focused and speaking with all of you. So my family has been really great. And I think that's not, I think, I know that's one of the reasons I'm able to give my all when I'm working on whatever type of cases, because I know I have a great tribe behind me that supports me. Well, congratulations on the baby. Thank Ho you. <laughs> Hopefully you get some sleep today. Fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> and I, I see, and it's funny you mentioned that, and I see Devon, uh, Devon Holmes has uh, <laughs> has commented so and I completely understand the support system I think you know support system can make or break your success right mm -hmm. it can make it a longer journey or it can make it a shorter journey um, and I think you know for for women of color um, such as you know you and I um, who happen to be attorneys I think it's very very important that um, you know we continue to to kind of maintain that sense of community, you know, with our families, with our friends, with our clients, right? Because everyone that you come in contact with, you're leaving an impression, whether it's good or bad, right? And in your case, you happen to deal with possibly two very, very high strong areas, right? One of your areas is family law. And, you know, you're, you're fighting, you're, you're working with people who are kind of fighting to keep their divorces together, keep their relationships, their, their families, but then you also do criminal law. You know, what, what made you decide to kind of like blend the two? Um, criminal was always the area of law that pulled me in initially. And uh, of course, law and order is to thank for that. You know, you see law and order and, you know, it, you know they're slamming their fists down or um, even watching the O.J. Simpson trial and seeing um, Cochran and, you know, just the way he handled all that, regardless of what your opinion is or how you feel about the outcome of the case, just the way he put the case together and presented that. And, you know, if it, the glove doesn't fit, you might, people are still saying that years later. And some people probably say then don't even realize where it's come from because it's become one of those things that, you know, we say in our community. Um, so criminal has always been where my heart is. That's what I've always loved doing. And then once I started practicing, um, friends kind of introduced me to family, like, hey, maybe you should try family law. You know, you might like it. Um, and while I feel family law is a little more stressful just because people's emotions are involved and there's a lot going on, I do enjoy family law. My criminal clients, ironically, are a little more relaxed. Um, you would think that would stress people out more, um, but they tend to be a little bit more relaxed, you know, when we're going through the criminal uh, case. But they're both stressful. Um, I remember when I first started practicing, um, and my mom came to court with me that day because she wanted to see me in action. I'm uh -huh. proud of myself, and I had a client, and we agreed to take a plea. Um, and initially, we thought, you know, the state really wasn't asking for jail time, so we were like, great. And the judge decided to give this individual like a week or two in jail. So nothing, you know, super serious. Obviously, you know, a week or two away from your family and work is a big deal. Um, but he could have gotten a lot more time than that. And that was the first time I had a client that standing next to me and now he's going out the other door because he's got jail time. And that really hit home for me and just made me realize, you know what, if you're going to do this, you, you have to do it right, you know, because th this is someone's freedom. And that just kind of made me double down on this is what I want to do. And I just need to make sure that I'm giving it my all, which is why I tell people, you know, I really do want to serve the community. I want to help people, 
Um, you know, if I can, if two weeks is what you got versus a year, I'm happy about that. You know, I would have preferred no jail time, but yeah, you know, so they both have their, their types of stress that hits you. You know, you don't want your client to go to jail for any time. You know, if in a divorce, you want your client to leave with putting themselves in the best situation as they can. But as long as you really love what you do, you, you don't let those things get the best of you. For me, it just kind of drives me harder to, all right, you know, did I do everything I could? If I did, then I, I did my best. And the next client that comes along, I just need to make sure I'm giving them 110% as well. 1,010%. And, you know, I love that earlier you said that, um, you know, OJ Simpson, the OJ Simpson trial, you know, had an impact on you. And it's had an impact on the entire um, U.S., you know, especially during that time. And it's funny that you mentioned that because, like, I can still remember where I was. Um, you know, when that verdict came out. Granted, I was extremely young, um, but I still remember where I was. It was a very pivotal, um, you know, moment in history, I think, for both sides of the aisle, you know. Um, and also the fact that you stated that, you know, you stumbled onto, um, you know, the practice of family law, the practice of criminal law, and, and just being um, in this profession. Um, ultimately, in opening your practice, have you suffered um, or, or not suffered, but had any like stumbling or building blocks that, that you know, have kind of shaped your ideas of being a businesswoman? Yes, is the short answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, and I think I said this earlier, I didn't start off with the plan of I'm going to have my own law firm. For me, I kind of stumbled upon that. I graduated. I was looking for, you know, the traditional job you know, work at a firm and nothing was really working out the way I, I wanted it for me. And I decided, all right, well, I'll just start my practice for now and I'll do that while I'm still looking for something else. And I absolutely love what I do, um, but it's a lot of work because um, it's just me. You know, I don't have another attorney working here that's been doing it for 20 years and I can walk down the hall and say, hey, you know, I have a question. You know, it's just me. And what that did for me is just, forced me to be more focused. You know, I'm taking CLEs in person or I'm taking them online so I can learn more about what I'm doing. Um, I'm talking to other attorneys, reaching out to other attorneys. Hey, you're a solo. How did you do it? And just pulling bits and pieces from different people because how I run my business might be different from how you run your business. You have to do what works for you. Um, and that's just been, a, a, I won't say a struggle over the years, but it's something that's constantly changing. You know, what works for me in the first couple of years of my business is not going to work for me at this point in my business. So just accepting that your business is going to grow and change. Wherever you start, it's great that you started. Be happy that you at least started. And um, I don't think a lot of people give themselves enough credit just for getting started because getting started is hard. You know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of little steps. For me, I, I had a trouble. I had trouble getting started because it was hard finding one resource that said, all right, you want to open a practice? Here's step one. You have to get an LLC. This oh, my gosh. And I, everything was like step five, like you have a small business. Here's a case management system or here's a bank. And I'm like, well, I need step one. Like, how do I just start it? Like, how do I become I, a business? <laughs> listen, I, I have goosebumps <laughs> because I literally have not met anyone other than my group of attorneys that we get together. So four of us, we get together every single month. 
And we literally have worked with each other step by step because we cannot find anything out there that can tell us, hey, this is what you need to have a trade name. <laughs> you need to apply for a tax ID number. Like yes. you need this and you need that. You need a bank account. You need an account. You need a bookkeeper. You, we could not find any of that. So we did exactly what you just said. We pulled our resources, resources together and said, okay, this is how I'm running my firm right now. How are you running your firm? Let's talk it out. Let's come up with our step-by-steps, our side-by-sides. And that's how we've been able to kind of like, you know, put in what works, take out what doesn't, right? Um, running a business, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Thank you so much for, for being transparent, right? With that, because a lot of people don't realize and they don't see, they see the, the wonderful social media, right? They see the success, they see the clients, but they don't realize all of the things that we kind of had to piece together to determine what works for us and what, what ultimately doesn't. So it's just, it's a constant ebb and flow. One of the things I also realized that you alluded to um, is the fact that what brought me here is not gonna take me to the next level, right? right? Mm -hmm. And I think that for me is probably one of the toughest things I've had to wrap my mind around. It just is. I don't know if, if, if you know, you've had that same issue, but it's just been so difficult for me because in my mind, I'm just like, but I'm so comfortable here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, my mind is like, no, I, I, I like it here. This is our safe space. Um, but my brand is like, yeah, we're, we're not going to flourish sitting here. So okay. I'm going to need you to go to the next step. So I'm, I'm happy. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, what is something that you value about being an attorney and a woman of color? For me, it's service. It's a different perspective um, just on everything, on how to look at a case. The one thing I remember you, you know, learning in law school is I can give a fact pattern to five different law students and they could give me five different ways on how to argue it. And they could all be absolutely right, but everyone's got their own perspective and um, how they're going to make that argument and how they're going to bring that forward or just their demeanor and their, you know, how you are as an attorney, as a person, what do you bring to the table? Um, and it's been interesting, you know, over the years, meeting different people, um, and I, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy giving back to the community. I enjoy allowing people to see that, you know, not all attorneys look a certain way. I'm an attorney and I don't look like your ideal, you know, thought of what you think an attorney looks like. And while on the one hand, I enjoy letting people see that, you know, diversity is everywhere, you know, get used to seeing people who look like me. Sometimes it is draining when, you know, you're in court and you're sitting with attorneys and someone's like, oh, well, that's only for attorneys. I know I'm an attorney. That, that's why I sat here or I hear. here. You have to be an attorney. I know that's that's why I'm up here. And sometimes I think, well, you know, they're, they don't know me. They can't know every attorney. So, you know, if they don't recognize a face, they might say something. But I'll see a group of other people come through and you're not stopping them to to make sure they're attorneys, you know. So that can be draining at times. But Ultimately, I did this because I like serving my community. I like giving back to people. Um, I told a guy recently, we had a consultation and I said, if you're looking for that, 
attorney who's mean and nasty and they're cutthroat and they're willing to do whatever. And we're going to file this just to, you know, mess with the other side. That not is not the one. I don't have time for that. Like, that's just not my personality. And I tell people at the end of the day, if there are kids involved, you're always going to be tied to this person, you know? So I, why would you want to do anything nasty or spiteful when you're going to have to deal with this person forever? Um, if it's a divorce and there's no kids still, that that's not, that's not me. I'm not here to just be petty for no reason or be nasty. I'm here to help you get through a difficult time in your life, make sure it's done right so that you can move forward and be a productive person. And me being nasty during your divorce doesn't help you in the long run. And it doesn't and I, help, but it also doesn't help our colleagues, right? Right. Because ultimately we, at the end of a divorce or a custody case, I still have to network with this attorney. I have to attend the same meetings, the same, you know, in some cases, the charity events, we're all in this together. You know, Maryland is pretty small, right? So <laughs> at one point or another, I'm sure you and I will have a case against each other. We're, we're small communities. So as a result, and, and also it's not my demeanor. It's just not my demeanor to be a dick to other people just because I can, right? It's not, it's just not in my DNA and I'm not changing that for anybody. I don't yeah. care. That's not um, me in my personal life. I'm not going to use my law degree to, mm -hmm. to be nasty. That's no. just not me. No, no. Um, and I agree. It's funny that you, you know, you talk about, you know, having a, a, a specific type of appearance or being mistaken for someone else. I'll never forget. I think it was in my like second year of practice. I was driving uh, to the office and um, I, allegedly ran a stop sign <laughs> and, and um, got pulled over uh, by a police officer. And in the process of asking for my ID, you know, I, I go and I'm in my bag and he goes, I, I was carrying a book bag at the time. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, are you late for school? It's like, excuse me, <laughs> I'm a grown woman. <laughs> I've been grown for a few years now, you know, so it, it's funny. I get mistaken for all, all types of stuff, but um, I, I think it's hilarious. But let's circle back to uh, the community work that you do. I know that you have a, a network sorority. You're part of a sorority. And you also, um, you know, do pro bono work through the sorority. So do you mind kind of talking to us a little bit about that? As someone who does a lot of charitable work myself, um, with, you know, organizations um, here in Maryland. I always love to talk to people about like what they do um, as far as uh, charitable work goes. Yes, I actually love doing pro bono work, which I know sounds weird, but it's like, I like helping people. So doesn't um, sound I do too. You're not alone. <laughs> um, so what I do locally, so I volunteer Charles County. I think most of the counties have like a hotline. So sometimes I work the hotline and people can call in, you know, about whatever question and I give them advice. So that's what I do on more of a local level. Um, but I'm also very active in my sorority. I'm a member of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. This year we are celebrating our centennial. So 100 years. I'm super excited about that. And I'm even more excited to be starting this year off um, in the position as regional legal advisor. Um, I've done that for three years. This is my third year as the regional legal advisor. So whatever legal issues come up in my region, I deal with. So typically that would be contract review. So anyone in my region who wants to enter into a contract, it has to go through me. And our region is pretty big. It goes up to the um, 
parts of Canada. And then we've also got chapters down in the Bahamas and down through the Carolinas. So it's a nice chunk of area. And then, you know, however many chapters are in those areas. So contracts, um, a lot of uh, compliance issues might pop up. Uh, risk management is a big issue and disciplinary issues. So if we've got uh, ladies who are doing things that they shouldn't be doing as members of the organization, those things come to me and, you know, we have to process them and do investigations and figure out what's going on. So I enjoy doing that because I love my sorority. I love what we're about. We're focused on giving back to the youth. Um, so anything that I can do to help further our cause is, is great for me. That is absolutely amazing. I love that. And sororities are huge networks, right? But they're also small networks. Um, and I love that, you know, everyone in a sorority, um, you know, looks out for each other. And, um, you know, like you said, you, you, know, you do that compliance work, make sure everyone is doing what they need to do. Um, so with that said, how can, you know, clients best find you? Like, what are your preferred, um, you know, social media uh, networks or anything that you like to do marketing wise to, to reach your clients? It's so funny you said it um, back to when I first started and, you know, not knowing what you need. I remember one of the uh, earlier cases I got, a client of mine was in jail and she was like, yeah, my dad went online looking for you and he couldn't find your website. And I was like, I think I need to get a website now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. for me, the best way to find me would be my website. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> which I just popped up on the screen. So that's the best way to find me. I do have, you know, your social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, but my uh, website would be the best way to, to find me and you can schedule a consultation or shoot me an email. Are you out there doing the weird TikToks with the actors who make pretend that they're getting arrested? <laughs> I keep debating whether or not I should get on TikTok. I have not jumped to TikTok yet. Maybe this is me being old and showing my age. I'm just like, what? First, there was, it took me long enough to get on Instagram. Like we got Facebook. We don't need all these other platforms. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, TikTok is a beast. I have not uh, my social media um, content creator. She's just like, she'll send me an email every week. Hey, Marie, here's the five topics we have for the week. Go ahead and, you know, create five uh, one minute videos and send them over. I'm like, sure. I, I don't know. It's so bad. And I'll just kind of wake up one day and I'm like, oh, feeling really good. I can shoot a couple of TikTok videos and I'll do like three in a row and send it to her. And she won't hear from me for another two months. <laughs> this goes back to what we talked about earlier. People not telling you how much work goes into it. Because on your on the face, it's like, oh, one minute video. That doesn't sound like a lot. But you still no. have to run your business, which is a job. Mm -hmm. Then you have to be the attorney, which is a which whole is a other job. <laughs> Yep. And no, then you have to do social media, you know, yep. and, and, you know, I'm, I'm doing, we, my producer Camille does a lot of the work, um, you know, in scheduling the interviews and all that stuff. She does the, um, the research into the attorneys. Um, so thankfully, you know, I have a great um, group of colleagues and, you know, we all contribute some wonderful portion, but 99% right. of the time they're waiting for me because I, I don't know if you're like me, I can't say no. I am literally learning to say no. At 37, I am yeah. learning what no means, which is so sad, right? Um, but at the same time, it just goes to show you my heart. I love my clients. I love what I do. I love people like you, you know, that I get to speak to on a daily basis. I just, you know, just, it's such greatness, right? Yeah. Um, 
But at the same time, I think, you know, we as attorneys, we tend to kind of overload, um, you know, ourselves. And I heard, um, I was listening to Jim Rohn the other day and he said, um, don't let your mouth uh, overload your back. You know, that's a good one. That's a good one, right? When I when I heard, I was like, oh, like really, really crazy moment. Um, so speaking of which, like, how do you? Because we lead very stressful lives, and I don't have a nine month old. Um, I have a fourteen year old. Um, so thankfully, I don't have to change diapers. I do still have to feed him, apparently. So they say. <laughs> But um, uh, with that said, like, how do you kind of, you know, ground yourself on a daily basis to, to just be like mentally present and emotionally present for your clients? Uh, to be quite honest, I'm still figuring out um, COVID definitely threw a wrench in that. I like to be outside. I'm an outdoorsy person. I love going for walks. I'll just be in my own world walking around is clearing my head. Um, now that I have a nine month old, it's a little harder to just like, all right, we're about to go walk for 45 minutes, just lay in the, in the stroller and be fine. Um, so that has changed things up. And even with COVID, you had to shut down. So I know even outside the social distancing, but then there was that whole, like, could you be outside? So um, the plan for today is I plan to go for a walk. Once I'm done with this, go for a walk, clear my head. That's usually how I kind of unwind. Um, sometimes I do video games or a movie, but I like getting out of the house. And with COVID, I moved back to working from home primarily. So any chance I can get to just kind of go for a nice drive and clear my head. The good thing about Southern Maryland, we have all these little back roads. I love driving the back roads because it's just farmland or trees and you can just kind of clear your mind. You don't have to worry about, you know, 20 cars on the road. It's usually just mm -hmm. you kind of driving the back road. So that's what I do to help me. I think it's very important that people find ways to de-stress when they come home, whatever your job is, whether you have a nine to five, even if you're a full-time stay-at-home mom, like that's a job too. You've got to find time to just to you, even if it's a, a 30 minute bath or a glass of wine or, or whatever it is that helps you, you know, take the edge off at the end of the day. I used to think that um, Hartford County had some back roads until I went to Charles County. Yes. Like, nope, <laughs> nope, never again. I made the mistake of going to Charles County when it was snowing outside. Oh, and Calvert County. I was like, what is going on? This is yes. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I thought Hartford County was country, Charles <laughs> and Calvert is, it's different, but it's serene, you know? Yeah. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, which is super city, but I'm not a city girl. So I, I feel like Hartford County is kind of like just in the middle, in the middle. You know, so I, I totally get it. Um, so with that said, thank you so much for being here. I know you have some criminal law cases, um, you know, to, to go crush some family law cases to crush just like me. Um, again, thank you. Thank you so much. I know you have a nine month old. Um, I'm sure you're sleep deprived. So, <laughs> so go for that walk and take what care is of your sleep. I, I don't understand. What is the sleep Isn't that you speak of? I know it's a weird concept that people talk yeah. about prior to having children. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, even if you're, as your child gets older, you're still going to be fighting with sleep. I, you know, my kid, you tell him to go to bed at nine o'clock, nine thirty. That's when he decides, oh, I'm just going to go wash my face for about twenty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't end. 
yeah, I have a version of that now. Like he looks tired. He's wiping his eyes. Yes, you're sleepy. So I put you upstairs and now you're up for an hour staring at yes. the camera. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm like, you are my, just my, off. Yeah. Why are you my favorite now? one is my favorite one is standing up and bouncing, like just bouncing, excited about life. And you're just sitting there like, oh, you have no idea what comes with being an adult, do you, child? You <laughs> You have no idea. They have no idea. Jamie, thank you so much for sitting with me for the past half an hour to talk about your practice and, you know, opening up and letting the, the, the social media world know that it's not all sunshine and rainbows and we're all just trying to do our darndest best. We're doing our best, but I love what I do. Um, I, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. I absolutely love my job and where I am. So if there's anyone in the, the Southern Maryland area that needs my help, feel free to give me a call, shoot me an email. If I can't help you, I can at least point you in the direction of some resources where you can get help because at the end of the day, like I said, I really just want to help people. And if you're at a point in your life where you need an attorney for something, then let's try and get you an attorney. Yes, ma'am. I love it. Great way to close. Ah, thank you, everyone, for sitting with us on the eighth episode of the Daily Attorney Podcast with attorney Jamie Holmes. Everyone, have a thank wonderful, you. wonderful, wonderful Valentine's Day. Jamie is totally wearing her pink. I yes. did not put on any pink right now because I completely forgot it was <laughs> Valentine's Day, given that I was up until 2.30, finishing up my postgraduate LLM paper, which I'm officially done Ooh. with. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I love tax. It's one of my areas and I love it. I've, I've been in love with it for years. Um, so I'm just happy to be done. Thank yeah. you everyone for watching. You all have a great day. I'm Marie Eve, Jean Baptiste, CEO and owner of the St. Eve Law Firm located in Towson, Maryland. If you guys have any questions and like Jamie, I can point you in the right direction. Please sign on to our Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok and send us your questions and we will point you in the right direction. Bye.